Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Captain the Keeper Old Time Vintage Hockey Radio Program Podcast, the show where we discuss all things hockey with a discernible bias towards old time stick and puck. I'm your host, the Captain, and with me, as always, is the absolute master of giving up goals between the wickets and the five hole, the Keeper. I am so excited. I hope you have all caught your breath after watching that amazing historic five overtime game between Tampa and Columbus. I'm going to disregard completely your comment about the five hole and go right into the show outline because we have a ton of stuff today for you. So uh, we're going to recap the Toronto Columbus play in round. That was our last of the recaps to take a look at. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk about uh, very quickly uh, the second phase of the NHL draft lottery, and we'll move past that pretty quick to uh, another story coming out of the Queen City in Buffalo, New York, the Sabres and a New Jersey announcement. And of course, we'll do our predictions for actual round one and finish off with an outstanding hugging the post segment as per usual. What do you think, well, Cap? I immediately have to take issue. I noticed you already trying to gloss over a few of our key segments tonight and make no mistake out there, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have recently been described as the Nostradamus of hockey predictions. Uh, I'm not going to say that the title isn't deserved because it is. Uh, The keeper tried to gloss over some of that, but I'll tell you what he can't gloss over. A quick by-the-numbers recap of our play-in qualifying round predictions. How do you like the sound of this, keeper? Four for the captain, two for the keeper, one even and one that we both kind of missed the boat on a little bit, which we're not going to talk about. Uh, kind of difficult numbers to refute. Uh, any comment on that? Well, we really don't go by numbers. It's not about analytics. It's not about data. It's about emotion. It's about heart. It's about compete. It's about battle level. And I had that in my predictions. I don't think you had any of that in yours. And it's clear. Well, I'll tell you what's clear. Uh, what we're going to do real quick. Uh, I personally had nothing to do with this, but there's a quick audio montage that's going to play here for the fans out there from the Captain of the Keeper uh, Season 1, Episode 1, which we filmed on July 26th, and I think the fans are going to find this pretty enlightening. What? Give it a, give it a listen. Previously on the Captain of the Keeper. I'm going with Montreal, so I'm putting you down for Pittsburgh, and I'm putting myself down for the correct answer in Montreal. And your correct answer gives uh, Pittsburgh a chance to get the first overall pick. <laughs> Edmonton, Chicago. I like Edmonton in this series. <laughs> I can't, it's hard to go against Dryside Olympic David. <laughs> but I think that they're veteran core rallies, and uh, I'm going with Chicago. Unbelievable. You know what? The worst part is you're probably going to be right about these. Are you kidding me? There's a pretty important audio clip that you've forgotten there. Maybe I should remind all of our, our listeners and you at the same time about the Toronto-Columbus series. I think you poo-pooed and laughed at my pick of Columbus. You said Toronto is going to take it. The audio is there. Marty, can we get that audio up and running on the Instagram page, please? All right. Thanks, Marty. So we're going to talk about Toronto-Columbus. Pulling it off in five games on Sunday night, the Blue Jackets stunning the hockey world. I don't know how you could ever go against the Union. Is that what you are? You're going against the Union, picking against the Blue Jackets? 
Well, unfortunately, and I tried as hard as I could to get that clip included in the audio montage, but I've got to tell you, we had a fire in the studio. We lost the tapes. We didn't look for the tapes. There was a lot of reasons that we couldn't come up with those tapes. But the point of the story is that my predictions were on point. Uh, Yes, there was a series play, but let me tell you something. Uh, You're talking about the Columbus Blue Jackets from the play-in round. Nobody cares about the Columbus Blue Jackets from the play-in round. Let's start to talk a little bit about the Columbus Blue Jackets from today. At the time of this broadcast where we're recording this, uh, we're at about 9.55 at night in the Eastern time zone. Uh, I never expected that the Columbus Blue Jackets and Tampa Bay Lightning game that started at 3 o'clock today would have just ended. Keeper, what do you got in that sto- in that story? Tell us. That's pretty impressive. I mean, I don't know how they could uh, stay there with the stamina and play five overtime games. I don't think any of us could have done it. Uh, the cramps would have kicked in probably after the first period and the first ten minutes. Warm up. Uh, you know, playing in the NHL arenas as we have experienced before, it's pretty hot under those lights. And there were no fans for us, I'm pretty sure. And there's no fans for them. So it's got to be super hot. These guys are really in, uh, in shape, and they're they're competing for a Stanley Cup. Um, I'm so excited that the playoffs kicked off with a five overtime game. I mean, I don't think you can ask for a better start. I mean, Corpus Allo made 85 saves for an NHL playoff record. I mean, that's impressive uh, in in defeat as the Tampa Bay Lightning take game one. But I think I'm just going to go back and real quick. So that's a gutsy pick on the keeper's part by going with Columbus Blue Jackets of all the first round picks. That's guts. It's gutsy, and I just, just like the just like the Blue Jackets, the gutsy team. It's got a lot of heart. And I'm not ruling them out. We'll get to them in the predictions for round two, but uh, don't want to just whitewash over that Blue Jackets. And I'm looking right now. Corpus Allo just eclipsed Kelly Rudy, number 32 from the New York Islanders. Although I don't know if you were 32 with the Islanders from April 18th, 1987, in that Easter epic. So he's in, in prestigious company. Well, just like the Blue Jackets, you are also down by one in this particular avenue because as exciting as it was to see Corpus Allo channel his inner Dominic Hasek, some pretty impressive stuff out there for sure. Ultimately, uh, what's going to turn out to be my pick, which we pre-recorded and uh, our Instagram and social media director, Marty Perkowitz, can tell you that for a fact. It's all been documented in advance, and you won't be surprised to hear that I was the one who correctly predicted this series as well as all the other ones. So, uh, all right, so we've we've taken a look at those. Keeper, we're going to talk a little bit about the next thing you tried to gloss over. All right, you tried to gloss over the number one draft pick. Uh, No, no, we're not going there. We're going to the number one draft pick. And I'll tell you why we're going to the number one draft pick. And and again, you glossed it over. You just tried to say, yeah, we're going to go over the NHL's lottery. No, we're not going to do that because on July 26th on season one, episode one of the captain and the keeper, uh, at which I encourage all of our listeners out there to go back and give a quick listen to, uh, you will hear that I predicted I I didn't stop at predicting the Carolina Hurricanes would defeat the New York Rangers. I took it a step further, and I said that the New York Rangers would win the draft lottery. You want to talk about bold predictions? There may never have been as bold a prediction in the history of sports than what I laid out there on July 26th. 
what we're going to do right now for the fans as an extra special treat is give them a quick reminder because despite the fire and all the issues locating all your audio clips from a couple weeks ago, we found all of mine. Uh, Just a coincidence. We're going to go ahead and play it for the fans. Marty, what are you doing? Previously on the Captain and the Keeper. My prediction for this series is that the Carolina Hurricanes pull it out. Uh, the New York Rangers lose, but I'm going to go ahead and say that the New York Rangers not only lose, but they then win the number one first overall draft pick. Well, pretty conclusive stuff there, Keeper. What do you say about that? Well, uh, the magic of modern technology has given you the upper hand on this particular one, but uh, I am excited the Rangers have the number one overall pick. I want this to happen, so don't start thinking I don't. Um the last time the Rangers had a number one overall pick was 1965, and that was four years before the actual universal NHL entry draft began. Uh, the, the player's name, Andre Villeneuve, never actually played a game for the Rangers, so hopefully uh, the presumptive number one overall pick has some better success than that. I think there's a good chance for it. Um, we could, Rangers have had some fun draft picks uh, in the first round over the years. Uh, I think we can remember Hugh Jessamine, 2003. With the, with the bevy of names that were available to the blue shirts that year. Uh, that didn't really pan out very well. Uh, my favorite overall pick for the Rangers was in 1981 with John Van Beesbrook, of course. The so uh, the Rangers have had some good picks, too, in, the, in there. So maybe this will be uh, one that really propels the franchise to new heights. Well, you want to talk about a team that has screwed the pooch when it comes to high-level draft picks. They've found some success later in the rounds, but uh, with the Beezer notwithstanding, I'm pretty sure you and I have faced the likes of Hugh Jessamine, Jamie Lundmark, and Pavel Brendel in the men's leagues, and I don't think they've even really beaten us, to be honest. Those guys, uh, I don't know what the Rangers were thinking when they drafted any of those players as high as they did, but uh, this is an interesting one for sure. Uh, I will be looking forward to seeing what happens here as long as they stick with the expectation and pick uh, the expected number one draft pick in this one. I I can't see that they're going to go wrong. We talked about it previously. Generational talent uh, should should make the whole tri-state hockey scene much more interesting going forward. Looking forward to that. So what do you got next for us, Keeper? Well, news out of Buffalo uh, is that the Sabres are going back to a royal blue uniform. I don't know if anybody saw that. I'm sure it was all over it was all over social media today, so that was pretty cool to see the Sabres reverting from the navy blue they've been wearing for the last several years, almost the last decade, really, uh, since that Buffalo slug, which came out about 13 years ago, uh, to the royal blue, the more traditional look that they had in the 70s and 80s and the early 90s, uh, just before they went black and red. Um, it's really cool. I don't know if you noticed the detail in the logo. It's a little bit um, in the Buffalo is like raised a little bit. It's almost like fur. Mm, so they put I some te- put some texture to it. They did a real nice job. What are your thoughts? It's vintage hockey. This is an old time vintage hockey radio program podcast. This is hockey the way it was meant to be. Not a Buffalo slug, not a red and black saber face. A goat. This is the real, yeah, the goat. Uh, this is the real deal. The sabers are going back to the uh, LaFontaine McGillney era. I'm talking Dale Howardchuck. If you pulled up a game of NHL 94, this is the jersey they would have been wearing if the Pixels were up to the task of displaying a proper jersey. 
And uh, I personally am a big fan. I love seeing these teams go back to it. We talked about it a little bit in previous episodes as far as Calgary. Um, oh, yes. Optimistically, the Whalers, even though that's not oh, yeah. an option for Carolina in the We're postseason. Lucky. We're lucky we saw it at all. Yeah, but we've seen some uh, some exciting looks from these teams going back to the vintage look, and I love it. The more that uh, teams continue to roll this out, the more that I will be a huge fan of uh, their looks going forward. It's too bad the fans can't see what I'm got on right now. I'm wearing my vintage Darren Poopa Sabres jersey. Wow. That says it all right uh, there. Are you catching with your right hand while you do that? I I uh, have to learn how to do that. You know, I mean, that's something I never tried. I, I know that's something that's on my bucket list. Wow. All right. A keeper status. Have you ever attempted it with the right hand? No, I never did. I know that there was some gear that we was once in possession of some uh, close friends that I never did get my hands on to try it out. Kind of scared, actually. But that's uh, maybe more of a hug in the post type thing. But yeah, it might be a little frightening to try to catch with the opposite hand. Although I am pretty terrible low blocker, so maybe um, catching with my right hand would be beneficial. We'll see. I think I think so. I've seen you catch with your left hand, and I I think you may want to explore the right. You may want to explore the Dan Blackburn effect with the the two blockers because uh, the left hand really isn't working out for you too well. I know every time I come in on you, it's bar down over the glove side. And it's going in every time. But it's, I mean, it's more like bar up into the rafters. But well, and hey, Dan Blackburn. Speaking of Ranger draft picks, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Another one that really panned out for him, although not his fault. That's a terrible injury that he had to deal with. So let's get around to this here. So we've got some actual NHL first round play uh, on a, in a normal year. This would be the big point of excitement for everybody as far as predictions. Is concerned this year. It's kind of taken a little bit of a backseat because of the play-in round having already happened. We've already had the experience of the equivalency of playoff hockey for the past week and a half or so. So now we're going to get into round one. We're not going to spend as much time on each one of these as we did last time. But interesting point of contention. We talked about our play-in picks last time, but all of the best teams in the league were essentially off the board last time because they were round robin teams and they they were already you know they were already guaranteed a spot they had a buy those teams are back in play now this is the real deal Stanley Cup first round of the playoffs obviously it's happening at an unconventional time of the year here in August but uh, we're about to get into some first uh, first round playoff predictions so I've got our stuff as we sent it into our social media crew a couple days ago. You've got them here. Uh, we're oh, going to yeah. take just a minute on each team. We're going to talk about why I'm right and why you're wrong. Let's go for it. Okay. We might as well start it off. What do you want to do? We'll start out in the East. How about that? Let's go for uh, Montreal, Philadelphia. Well, I thought we'd start with your boys in Columbus because you oh, seem okay. to really be attached to these guys. And I feel <sighs> strong about this one because I already had the opportunity to watch them play for about 45 straight hours right. as we went into five overtimes. Uh, your team, who you decided to stick with, John Tortorella, and I couldn't double down against him anymore on behalf of Toronto because something happened. You know, we lost the audio tapes, but uh, Toronto sure. didn't win, even though I was pretty sure they were going to. <laughs> uh, so Toronto lost. The Instagram page, and you'll see all that great footage. Well, we'll see. Okay, we're, we're going to see about that, but... In Columbus's case, they, they did a great job. They overachieved. But now they're playing the team that they, they 
They were the David against this Goliath last season. These guys went home in Tampa Bay and they did nothing but lament about the missed opportunity against this Columbus team and how they took them too lightly last year. Now, I know I said the same thing before Columbus played in Toronto, but Tampa Bay's got some world-class talent. There's no way this can happen again. I picked Tampa Bay. Do you think there really is a chance that Columbus can pull this out? I am going to embarrass you one more time with the Blue Jackets, and I am doubling down on the Jackets. I will not go against Columbus this offseason as long as they're in the mix. I don't care what happened tonight. That was a five-overtime game. Could have gone either way. I am sticking with Tortorella. I'm sticking with the Blue Jackets. They look incredible, and they have an X factor that maybe Tampa might not have. And I think they're going to repeat what happened last year. Not a sweep, obviously, but they're going to take the series. I was hoping you'd go for a sweep now that one game <laughs> is already in the books. Um, I, I respect your pick. Columbus obviously proved me wrong last time. John Tortorella, a force to be reckoned with. Um, Dubois looking like the real deal. He has certainly opened some eyes here in this uh, playoff tournament so far, scoring a ton of points. Every time I look at a score sheet, his face looks right at me. I see him on there laughing at me for my pick from last time. But you're going down with the ship in Columbus. I respect I will, yeah. that. Uh, but obviously, we all know those of us that are uh, you know, kind of functioning adults, we understand that uh, Tampa Bay will be moving on. I respect your pick, but... Again, I'm here to tell you why you're wrong. And Save once, this audio. Save it. <laughs> once again, we run into a problem here because the next one on our docket is Carolina versus Boston. Now, last time, you you didn't get a lot of picks right in the uh, playing round, but one of the ones you did get right was the Carolina Hurricanes. So obviously you doubled down with them, but I also picked Carolina last time. So here's the problem. Carolina – is both of our pick, and I've got them written down here, but the Boston Bruins clearly should be the favorite in this game. What's going on? I, I don't know. They didn't look very good in the uh, the round robins, so I think that maybe it'll catch up to them, and maybe they're, bit, they're an older team. They've had a lot of success recently. They've had deep runs. They went to the, the finals last year. I know everybody had a, a four-month break, but I am not going against the Hurricanes. They have a Blue Jackets-like feel with a little more skill, and I think that the Hurricanes are going to reverse what happened in last year's conference final in the East. So I, I, I like that there's these rematches from last year. And I'm going to go with uh, I'm going with Car- Carolina to undo what happened last year. I think they're going to take it. And I, I'm on record already as agreeing with you. So that's not fun. I wish I got to see your uh, picks before time because I certainly would have picked Boston in advance just to just to kind of give you the business a little bit. But no, I agree with you. I, I do enjoy seeing these matchups two years in a row. I love watching how these the subtle moves that these teams make year to year can really change the outcome of a series. You know, it, little things like uh, injury factor alone, even if two two rosters are roughly the same, seeing which guys are healthy, which ones aren't. Uh, I think Carolina has got an excellent coaching staff over there. Uh, Rod Brindamore is uh, not to be reckoned with. I think that uh, given the opportunity and the amount of, I mean, we saw uh, in Brindamore's case, we saw what they did to the New York Rangers after having a couple months to study them yeah. and their play and how they generate things. That was the most lopsided series of the play-in round by far. And David I think yeah. Brindamore will be 
brewing on what happened last year against Boston. I, I think given enough time to prepare, I think you got to give it to the Canes here. They're, uh, Boston, you're right, Boston didn't have a lot of traction coming out of the first round. Carolina's got maximum traction coming from the playing round. So I, there's they, only one more that you and I agree on here. So let's get that out of the way so we can get to the fun stuff. Uh, because obviously if you and I pick it, that's kind of safe for you because I yeah. picked it. So you're obviously going to get it right. Uh, but so we, we've got the New York Islanders. Oh, let me rephrase. We've got Barry Trotz versus the Washington Capitals, his former team. What, I mean, this is just an amazing matchup for hockey fans. You, you got to love to see this. The guy wins the Stanley Cup, leaves to go to coach a new team. Take it away, Keeper. Talk us through this one. We both picked the Islanders in this series. Go for it. I'm just not going to go against the Islanders this time. I made that mistake previously, and I will correct that this round. The Islanders looked uh, tremendous against the Panthers. The Islanders looked tremendous against the Panthers, and I think they're going to keep riding that momentum against Washington. I think the Capitals can be beaten. I think Holtby can be beaten. And I think they could neutralize the offensive power that Washington has with their stellar defensive play. So I am going to go with the Islanders. They've had some impressive-looking guys like like Bovillier and um, uh, JG Pajot. Uh, I think I said his name right, Pajot, right? So they've enough, had yeah. they've had some impressive guys step forward, and I, I I can't go against the Islanders this time. So that's that's what I got in that series. And I think Varlamov looked real impressive too against the Panthers as well. He did. I don't know that uh, the goaltender, I mean, Ovechkin on that power play unit, I don't know that the goaltender matters so much. I mean, the guy at this point, everybody knows what Ovechkin is going to do. We know where he's going to set up. We know where he's going to shoot from, and we know he's going to score. Carolina dealt with this last year in the playoffs where they kind of mitigated it. They kind of almost said, all right, well, he's going to get a few, but they found a way to counter the Capitals anyway. I have to think Barry Trotz in this this, this is what this guy was waiting for. He didn't re-sign with the Capitals when he had the chance. He came over to the New York Islanders. This a division is rival. Moment. Yeah, this is the moment he's been waiting for. If anybody can coach a team past that Washington Capitals team, and we already saw last year that it could be done, and the Canes did it, but this year, Trotz has been waiting for this. His guys have bought into his system. The Islanders' defense – they're playing well. If anybody can shut these guys down, I'm going to say it's the Islanders, so we're in agreement on that. But from here on out, I don't see any agreement on this paper. Okay, so yeah. I'm counting here. I've got five losses for you and five correct predictions for me. That's Pretty preemptive. Well, yeah, you said that last time, but who's got the number one pick? And uh, who was right about <sighs> just about most of the other – anyway, let's get down to it. So – Chicago. Now this is interesting. Uh, oh wait, wait. We have a. Uh, we got the, right? one more team in the East to go through. All right, you want to close out the East first? That's fine. We can do that first. The one you brought up. Take one. Away. One quick note: the uh, Carolina Boston uh, game was supposed to happen tonight, but uh, because they're playing in the same arena, <laughs> and because it went to twelve overtimes, uh, that game has been pushed till tomorrow morning uh, at eleven a.m. That would be tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, August twelfth. So uh, I think it's kind of cool that it would be awesome. Wouldn't it have been cool if they were dressed and ready in the runway, just watching it like a men's league game? Oh, absolutely. This <laughs> For a quick I, ice cut, come on. Absolutely. These A lot of people, I've, I've seen some people on the internet talk about this. I don't know that there's any way that anybody who played the game of hockey, even at the pitifully low levels that you and I played at. Right. Um, I, I know, especially you. I don't <laughs> think that the 
the feeling from if you came up playing the game as a kid and you played at tournaments, there's no way that you could see these pro athletes down waiting in the wings, getting ready to come on for the next game, watching through the glass. I mean, that is such a hockey player. Yes. Thing. And I think all of us who played the game, how great is that to see NHL players acting like little kids? Now, granted, in this case, they're in for a little disappointment because this game got pushed back to 11 o'clock the next day. Uh, but I, that, I think when, that's the greatest thing. I love it. When could that have ever happened? This is just such a cool situation. This has a real tournament-like feel, which I, which makes this a very uh, a fun playoff to watch, and I, I'm enjoying every second of it, and I'm going to enjoy this one too. Philadelphia-Montreal, uh, the last time these teams met was 2010. It was a decade ago already. Um, I saw what you did in the Philadelphia-Montreal uh, pick, and I am going to go in the complete opposite direction of you. I am going to go with Philadelphia. No, losing to Montreal. And I'm going Canadians in that series. I'm picking the underdog, and I'm not making the same mistake. I'm not going against Carey Price like I did against the Penguins. It is Montreal in this series. What do you got? So here's the problem, okay? So I already did this. We've been through this before. I picked Carey Price in the last round, but what you failed to understand, which I recognized, was that Carey Price... Yes, he could steal the three games that he needed to get that win. Four out of seven against the Philadelphia Flyers, the way that they're playing right now, uh, it's not going to happen. The Philadelphia Flyers went out and made a what at the time, to me, and I think a lot of people, was a questionable move over the summer. They threw a lot of money at Kevin Hayes. They go out and bring this guy in there. You've got a guy in the wings that everybody's assuming uh, you got a Nolan Patrick that people are assuming is going to be this team's second line stud center. The Flyers obviously knew something that everybody didn't Patrick dealing with some health issues. And that's always unfortunate to see uh, a world-class athlete like that dealing with whatever situation he's got going on, but they go out and sign Kevin Hayes. They pay this guy big money, but all of a sudden the way their depth chart has shaken out, it's looking like a genius move. He's getting the, he's, driving the flow of play. He's giving them a balanced two-line uh, offensive attack that's devastating, which Pittsburgh, for all of their previous merits in the Stanley Cup, uh, you know, recent championships over the past couple of years, Pittsburgh wasn't able to generate that in the first round. Price and the Canadians, as it was, had the ice tilted against them a lot. They managed to get it done. I find it extremely unlikely that my pick Carey Price from the first round who you kind of just you, you didn't go with him in the first round but now you're coming around but you're a little too late the Philadelphia Flyers are going to bring what the Penguins didn't and they're going to close out that series no questions asked um, I've already submitted my bracket I'm just <sighs> waiting for my million dollar payment from NHL.com for the perfect bracket so you know if you want to share the winnings you better start being nicer to me let's talk about the Western Conference all right so uh in the West I'm just going to gloss over what you said about me there that's um you know I'm gonna right under what right under the bridge there we go Chicago and Vegas when you start with those two that game is starting right now as we speak. Robin Lehner looks like he's starting in goal for, for the, the Knights, which is pretty interesting. So uh, in that series, I am also going to go opposite the stream. I know Vegas won number overall pick. I know the Flyers got the number one, not number one pick, one, number one seed, just like the Flyers did. Um, I'm going to buck the trend, and I am going to pick the Blackhawks this time, a team that I shot down in the first round uh, the, of the play-ins, and I'm going to pick the Blackhawks 
because I'm I'm gutsy, as I like to describe it. And I think the Blackhawks are going to ride a little momentum. They're going to get to Laner. They played with him all year, and I think their championship status is going to take them past the Knights. The Knights are in for a disappointment. Sorry, Pete DeBoer. So here's the thing. Laner has one weakness, and that's the shootout. Okay, and I, and you're the goalie guy. Am I right about this? Yes. But you're the goalie guy. Laner has one weakness, and that is the shootout. There are no shootouts in the playoffs. I don't have to tell you. We just watched a five-overtime game. Uh, Laner goes over to Vegas. He's got the chip on his shoulder, which is the classic Golden Knights. If there is an identity for that team, it's the chip on the shoulder. He goes over there. Now, again, you're thinking in the past. Your thinking is very one week ago. You're picking all the teams that I was right about and you were wrong about. I wisely moved on to the Golden Knights, who are going to bring it with a three or four line depth that the Hawks, as good as they were, are not going to be able to match. And uh, unfortunately for you, Vegas is going to take this series, and uh, Vegas is they're they're poised to do pretty well here. So uh, Vegas is going to move on, and we can just let everybody, you know, make note of that. Uh, but that, that one for me, this is an easy one. Vegas has got this one pretty much in the bag. Uh, we'll move on from there. So Dallas and Calgary, um, possibly another case of some some flipping around here. So you've got Calgary in this one. You didn't wrong. go the last time, though, did you? I'm seeing a trend here. Yeah, I figure I, uh, you know, if I was wrong once, I'll uh, pick the right team this time, and I'll go with Calgary because I think they were looking pretty sharp uh, uh, in their first round play in. I think they're going to take Dallas. I don't have anything else more to say about this series except, hey, Calgary's going to win on the strength of Cam Talbot one more time. And Matthew Kachuk will get under the skin of a few stars, no doubt about it. All right. Well, you did bring up uh, Talbot in your segment last time talking about your most impressive goalie. I do respect that. Um, I did pick Calgary in the first round, and I am aware that at this time Calgary is in the in the lead position, and I respect you for that pick. However, uh, Dallas, I personally believe, has got too much going for them at this time. I think that they maybe were a little bit of a victim of being in that round-robin situation. I think we're going to see them bounce back here as they get their feet under them going on. I think this is going to be a good series. Um, Calgary did well for me in the first round when I picked them and you didn't. Uh, now I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to catch up. I respect that. But uh, moving on, this is the team of yours that I have taken the most issue with. Um, Steve Sullivan and his Arizona Coyotes. Okay, these guys won't go away. They've been a thorn in my side uh, since a week and a half ago when we made these predictions. So obviously I did the responsible thing and I went with Nathan McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche to finally put the stake through the heart of the Desert Dogs in this case. But you switch sides yet again and you went for the Arizona Coyotes here. I, st- I was with Arizona in the first round of the play-in, and now I'm with them again in this real first round against Colorado. I am not going against the Coyotes. I like them too much. I have jumped on that bandwagon. I jumped on it before the play-in, so this the record can show, and I'm sure Marty will pull up that audio too if we need to prove it to be true. So I'm going one more time with Arizona. Look, any, any one of these teams could win. This is a flip of the hat here. I think these series are going to go six, seven games, all of them. 
for the most part. And I think that Arizona has enough in the tank. They're riding that wave, just like Carolina. They're riding that, well, although Carolina might be a little bit better. And they're riding that wave like Columbus. And I think I put them in the same category, and I'm going Yotes. I was recently informed that my attempt to sabotage the audio feed from last week's episode to construe you as rooting against the Coyotes after I just said that you went for them was unsuccessful. So uh, we're going to have to fire our social media guy and our uh, internet broadcast team. Uh, And we're going to have to find some people who are willing to post more of kind of the things that slant things in my favor and we'll be on the lookout for some new talent out there. But in the meantime, people who could Photoshop you, you and your favorite. Okay, so I, I understand. I understand. I what wouldn't you're trying worry to... about it. Okay. So anyway, let's move past your uh, your yotes and let's move on to uh, who I also may have uh, been wearing their jersey during the last broadcast. That is non-existent at this point. It is non-relevant. It has no factor here. So we got one more left: Vancouver and St. Louis. Yeah, uh, looks like you're a little bit of a front runner here, going for a recent Stanley Cup uh, squad in the St. Louis Blues. Uh, I obviously did the noble thing and went for the Vancouver Canucks, like anybody you know with kind of a heart that has any sort of passion for the game would do. Uh, you kind of went with the robotic pick. W- what's your reasoning there? If I said Vancouver, would I have gotten that same, been afforded that same luxury? <laughs> Uh, no comment at this time. I think the phrase is any functioning adult, <laughs> I think would have been thrown my way if I went Vancouver over the defending champs, St. Louis Blues. I got it. How do you go against St. Louis this series? I mean, uh, the play, the, the round robins for them were whatever they were. I mean, it wasn't the best for St. Louis, but I, I think they are going to get their playoff mojo back. And I think they're going to take care of Vancouver. Vancouver's got a little, a little bit of inexperience right now. And I think St. Louis is going to come out on top in that series. And uh, I'm going to, I'll go in front runner. I don't care. I had guts in my other picks, but I'm going safe with this one. So you're telling me that because St. Louis is better in every measurable statistical and physical category that you think they're going to win this series? Uh, you know, naturally, yeah. I mean, that's you know, I'm gonna just go by uh, my gut and my heart. I don't care about stats. Um, uh, even though I like the Vancouver Canucks and their uh, colors, uh, that's another story. Uh, a couple of blue teams, a lot of blue in that series. You know, it's very little differentiation there, except well, for that yellow. They go back to the Pavel Bore era skate jerseys, which I happen to be wearing one of right now. As which. We- they so did want, actually wear this I'm 50th the, anniversary season. Well, that's what they need to be wearing right now if they want to have a chance at this series. But, uh, you, you know, you said the right things, except you use the data, the analytics, and the stats to pick the wrong team in the St. Louis Blues. And I went with my heart and picked the Vancouver Canucks in this series. Even though I went against them in the first round, um, I think this is going to be fun to watch. And um, I'm looking forward to a good series in uh, in out west for uh, Vancouver and St. Louis. So as far as I've got here on picks, I've got, yep, that's correct. Our tallies are in. Uh, You've got two right, and those are the two that we shared. I've got the other six correct. Uh, Unfortunately, you came up with nothing here this time out. That's going to be tough. I just want everybody uh, to know that these games, the series haven't really officially begun with the exception of one game. So uh, this is all, you know, um, hyperbole hearsay and speculation on the part of the keeper 
uh, the captain, sorry. Uh, so, I think you, <laughs> I believe they call that a parapraxis, if you will. That's a Freudian slip for those of you who are not in the biz. Uh, but yeah, that was a good attempt, but you just, you, you submarine yourself there. So I didn't even have to do anything. I do appreciate that. That was <laughs> the 200 footer. Uh, you know, just yep. go right past the, the glove side. Softy, I would have said through the five hole, like I said at the outset of the show. And moving on, we're going to go to hugging the post here with the keeper. Keeper, what do you got for us today? Uh, well, in this edition of hugging the post, I just want to kind of talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, how long you plan on playing hockey. You know, how long can a goaltender actually play? I, I've been thinking about my own shelf life recently. Uh, I'm not getting any younger. The, the body aches a little, a lot, a lot more each day. And, you know, with the quarantine, you know, having played in, I don't know how many months it is now, five, hopefully the next time I step on the ice, I could move. But, um, could you imagine playing at, you probably could, because you might be at this, you know, decade in your life, but could you imagine playing goal into your eighties? Could you imagine playing hockey into your eighties? I personally, I want to go on record as saying you probably should have hung them up about 10 years ago, but uh, into the eighties is something special. Uh, I know you've got an article for us here. I actually love the story. Go ahead and tell us about it. So shortly after our episode, uh, two that dropped in early August, uh, I saw this story about an octogenarian for those of you who liked fancy terms, um, a man named Ron Fetter. This was in the, uh, the daily Herald, um, in the Chicago area. Uh, stopped playing hockey at age 80 in 2012. And this story appeared just a, a week ago. And he finished his playing career by stopping two Chicago Blackhawk legends, Mush Marsh and Patrick Kane, two guys who scored Stanley Cup winning goals for the Blackhawks, um, decades apart, obviously. Um, this was at a Blackhawks practice rink, well, the Blackhawks practice rink, where in 2012, his team had just finished a game and Patrick Kane came out onto the ice and took a shot at him. And Fetter was quoted as saying, Kane took it easy on me because I was 80 years old. He said, the day it happened, I was weak. I was tired and weak, so I really couldn't move. That's how I feel most days. And I'm nowhere near 80. I can think you can attest to that being 87. Is that how you feel at age 87 or 80? Well, to be honest, I'm in my early 110s or 110s, whatever we call it at this point. I don't really know. I plan on playing till I'm about 179, to be honest with you. I want to break this guy's record. That's uh, possible. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm going at. But I, I notice it when I, uh, you know, now when I bend down to tie my skates, there's just this kind of sound that comes from out of nowhere. It sounds like, and I, I'm not doing it. I don't know where it's coming from. But are uh, you admit are you admitting that sound? Because from past experience, you try to play that off as um, editing, um, well, manipulation of audio. It's careful editing. But uh, this guy. I'm, to talk about this story you brought up, this was a classy move by uh, everybody from the Chicago Blackhawks organization to get involved with this. Uh, how awesome is it that this guy can get out there at age 80 and still be better than you? I mean, that's pretty impressive. He stopped Patrick Kane. I have seen the guys who have scored on you. I've been one of them, and I promise you we're not Patrick Kane's out there. And whether he was going easy on him or not, uh, pretty impressive stuff. This guy's out there turning pucks away at age 80 putting the gear on and getting out there. Good for him. 
I don't know what your again, like I said, your shelf life ended about ten years ago, as far as I was concerned. But uh, I would love to be able to, if I could skate even into my fifties, I would say, in truth, I would be extremely happy. As it is, I'm a depth player. I'm a maybe a, I'm a third liner. I'm a guy you want on the ice in the last ten seconds of a game, but you don't want me on the ice for the first. 59 minutes and 50 seconds. You know, I, I still have it where it counts in clutch situations, but you don't want me taking face-offs. You don't want me handling the puck, passing the puck, playing defense. So I, I can relate to this a little bit. I mean, I, I've been thinking about ways to preserve the shelf life. Um, I'm still starting goaltenders, despite what you say, even though in the men's league, there really is only one goaltender per team. So the numbers play into my favor, but I've, I've been employing a stand-up style. That's the way I am going to battle father time by not dropping to my knees, preserving a hip, preserving knees as best I can by playing it old school. And if that means I give up a few weak ones along the ice, if it means I, uh, you know, challenge a shooter and get beat, I don't care. As long as I can hit, I'm going to go as far as saying 70s. Uh, one time at a book signing with Glenn Chico Resch and Stan Fischler, I uh, saw Glenn Chico Resch. Um, I told him I was a goalie. And for those of you who don't know, he played goal for the uh, the New York Islanders in the 1970s and the Colorado Rockies in the early 80s and then the, the Devils and Flyers. Um, he said, quote, I don't paraphrasing here i said quote but paraphrase he said play as long as you can and that is exactly what i'm going to do i don't care how many bad goals i give up the keeper keeps forever well that is a good thing because i can speak from experience there have been a lot of bad goals that you have given up but that is admirable of you to try to stay in the game uh i respect it and uh, good on him and everybody else playing well into the later parts of their life. It's a great game. We're all happy to be a part of it. And uh, here on the Captain of the Keeper, that's all the time we have for today, folks. Uh, please be sure to follow us on Instagram. We're also available. Our uh, podcast feed is available on Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and soon to be Spotify. And make sure that you use the hashtag Captain of the Keeper for any topics or questions that you might want to have answered on the show. We had a great Q&A session on our Quick Take episode last time, and hopefully we'll do that again in the future. And I hope everybody's enjoying the, uh, the fun edits we've got so far going up on our Instagram page. And keep following us and keep giving us a check. That's all the time we have for today. So bye bye now. Uh, bye bye.